and that was our new intro from our friend Guillermo Gonzalez. Yeah, thank you, Guillermo. With that said, I'm Lucio Venegas. And this is Perla Dominguez. Cheers. Cheers for that. Happy 2022. Yes. Happy to beat you to it. Happy 2022. Um, first off, I want to apologize. It took us this long. Whoever follow us. Um, and was waiting for it. And was waiting for our next episode. Um, We've been going through some stuff. Perla yeah, has. well, I was going through, well, my, my family and I, um, well, me, well, my family and I, uh, we lost somebody very close to us. Um, it was really hard to just make some time. Scheduling and, for recording and, yes. while we're going through all the funeral. and y- Yes, and the lost. and tr- Well, first off, it was for, we were trying not to lose that family member, mm-hmm. but unfortunately. Um, it, it was not, a battle that wasn't won. Yep, it was a battle that we were not able to fight. Um, but anyways, we're here, um, you know, recording now, um, you know, life goes on and we learned some experiences from that yes. situation. Um, uh, this happened over there in Mexico. Yes. So we it happened were in able Mexico. to go back I had and a tra- forth. I had a, I keep, uh, yes, we had to travel back and forth every, you know, every weekend for so often. Um, and that and, opened the doors for this episode because we wanted to talk yes, about this for a while ago. Well, yeah, it actually did. It, 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 it opened, it actually, it came into play it, in at the right time. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that my auntie's death was the cause of this or inspired this because it really wasn't this topic was already talked about between me you knew like and, and, and you know speaking about yes, topic the topic is immigration I, Yes, me and you and you and I. Me, you had, and I. <laughs> Who else you is here? And I, you and I had this conversation about this topic. It's just it just happened that way that we you know to talk we about were this about podcast, to yes the we whole were Chicano the yes. whole Spanglish the whole is like I grew up. Um, let me do a little background. I'm Mexican. Grew up in uh, was born in Mexico and here came here as an immigrant. Perla was born here in America and grew up as a Hispanic Honduran American. So we were well, like oh me- when we. Well, yeah. Hold on. I'm proud. No, I'm on. proud of I'm, You know, me. you're proud of all of them. But what I'm trying to say is like when we were trying to develop the podcast, it's like, what are we going to talk about? It's like, here's this topic. Here's this topic. Here's this topic. And this one came up. It's like, we got to do an episode about us and our experience. Yes, it was before even, yes, even before, you know, we I got the bad news. Anything. Yes, mm-hmm. even, even before I got the bad news. I mean, I already knew something was coming to Along. my, yeah, mm-hmm. it was something was coming to our family that we knew we were, we had to all kind of like, be, you know, be prepared, mm-hmm. but I did not know it was going to happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, this topic was literally planned Right when all that shit happened Mm -hmm. and everything happened so quickly that I did not have the effort. I did not have the energy. I just, I just, to be honest, I just was not there to record this. But finally, um, I was like, you know what? Life goes on. Um, I'm not saying that boohoo to what happened, but you know, it, it, I have to continue my life. So 
that's and it was what a really important learning experience. And it was a, it, it was, um, you know, I'm still coping on what's going on, um, but of the topic that we're trying to talk about is about immigration, um, and uh, and not just that, not only about immigration, um, about the perspective of being in Mexico, being, being in, in America, and being in between. Yes, and not only being Mexican. As I'm gonna put myself as an example, maybe there is other people out there that relate with me. Mexican, but American. you're not only Mexican American, but you are also mixed with Puerto Rican, Honduran, Col- like you yeah, are. Honduran uh, uh-huh. Salvadorian, Ecuador, Guatemala, whatever. A Panama. Lot of Salvador, I know a lot of people from Salvador. Yeah, uh, any other country you know, that you're Republican, from, or Dominican, state like, yes, yeah, so it, it doesn't matter where. It's just like you're mixed with not only one culture, culture. but other cultures. Plus, being born here in the United States, um, it's really hard it's <laughs> to be a to multicultural be person a multicultural. in a one culture. Yes, so it's like, yeah. It, it's when you like, come to America, you got to be American. But it's like, how do you become American when you're a multicultural person? Correct. Yes. Yeah. It it, it is really It's already hard. Yeah. Um, and for somebody that is not only Mexican American, that you have to prove yourself you're enough Mexican, but enough American to America, but also to your country. No, what that's what I'm saying is like, not not only you have to prove yourself that you're American to America, but Mexican Mexican to a Mexican, Honduran to a Honduran, Guatemalan to a Guatemalan. Yes. You got to prove yourself to everybody that you are there. You are on their side that you are not just like, like myself is like, people sometimes call me a pocho. It's like, hey, you went to America and you started forgetting English. It's like, but it's not that I started forgetting Mexico. English. Uh-huh. But that's in Mexico. Mexico. In Mexico, they will tell you that. Yeah. Us, that's what they tell us. Mm-hmm. So but it's like, how do you, you develop in- into that? It's like, how do you grow out of that? Or how do you grow? How do you behave? Or how do you mentally prepare yourself? Or grow? You don't though. It's like you grow up going over there. And then you're you go over there and you're so proud because you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. I was born in the US, but I'm going to Mexico. I was raised Mexican. And I'm fucking Mexican. I'm proud because I'm representing you in the whole family over there in the United States. But they go you over there. I'm not like, talking no, about not. everyone because there is some stuck up motherfuckers. Yeah. That 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 are that are pochos, Chicanos, whatever, that are like, yeah, I'm American. But we're not talking about like, that. We're talking you know about what our I mean? perspective. But I'm talking about my like me. And with my that perspective, personal. this episode also came into fruition with a case that Perla brought unto me that I was not aware of that happened in twenty ten about Anastasio. Anastasio Hernandez. Yes. Sorry for that. Uh, let, let me, let me, let me, let me. Okay, let's that. go back on that then. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Which is a difficult topic for her. Yeah, to speak it about, is. It see. is. It is really. Um, the first time that I heard about Anastasio's case was back in 2010. Um, it was recent when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time. There was two recordings of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. Let me ask a question to you. Do you want to go straight to his topic? When we're ready and recording, because we are. Um, uh, but we have a guest today. We have a guest. 
All right. Awesome. Now we have our guest over the phone, our friend Guillermo Gonzalez. Yay! Hello, what's up, guys? Holy Thanks Red for head. having me. Uh, yes, this is Guillermo Gonzalez, and I am a frontman for Holy Wretched, a Corona-based uh, metal band. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Well, thank you for accepting. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I love you guys. And, uh, yeah, so, I'm always down. <laughs> give us a little bit about expo- your background for people who don't exposure. know you. A little bit of background for people that don't know me. Uh-huh. Like, where's your parents from? Like, where... Where are you from? Uh, yeah, are you, like, from? fully Mexican? Or are you, what like, are you? me? Like, half Mexican, half whatever. Um, what, what, what's your background? All right, well, my mom and my dad and... Uh, I just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, well, I was born uh, in East L.A. Woo! But, um, Same here. Well, I was oh, nice, but still, L.A., Oh shit! You know how we do it. Yeah, we gangsters. Uh, <laughs> blood and blood out and shit. All right. No, no, but um, yeah, I was only there shortly, probably till I was like two, and then from there, my family we moved to uh, Orange County, and then right there, I was raised up till my teen years, and then from there, we migrated to Corona. Yeah, but uh, yeah, my family is originally from uh, Leon, Guanajuato, from Mexico. And from both my sides? Side, yeah, both sides. Oh, cool. Okay. So, well, my mom's side is Guanajuato, my dad's side. My dad's side is Zacatecas, so if you're wondering, like, what my blood is, is like Aztec and Mayan. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm just playing up, but yeah, I'm Mexican, Mexican. I'm first generation here from my family, and uh, yeah, I um, you know, grew up with the Mexican culture, of course. I'm still Mexican as hell. You look at me, you know I'm Mexican. Ah, but, so that's yeah. what we were talking earlier. Because uh, yeah. I found about a TikTok or a person that posted an audio about, you know, being considered PLC. Um, yes. For example, um, I did come across this TikTok um, that this girl said that she does, she thinks that. Like, for example, us uh, Mexican or Hispanics that are light-skinned, they are not allowed to say that they are people of color. Um, but like how I was telling, how I was telling Lucio is like, how does she, one, how does she have the authority to say, who is she to be like, yeah, you, you're not allowed to say that you're a person of color because you are the white version of Hispanics or Mexican or whatever. But at the end of the day, we are still in the eyes of white people. We're still considered, um, Hispanic. We're still considered people as color. people of color. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that's an ignorant uh, comment on that person from TikTok because, you know, I mean, nobody is anyone to be telling what to feel or what to say or whatever. It's up to you. Right. But believe it or not, she had that video, those videos that I've seen, they are 10.5K, 22.5K viewers and that uh, heart these videos. So... With that said, it's like, have you had an experience living here from being born here in L.A. and just moving throughout the California? Have you ever had an experience with any racist experience? Oh, yes, definitely. Of course, um, 
It's funny because I was just talking to one of my friends about this, about the whole Donald Trump stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes, I experienced a lot of uh, racism as a growing up, uh, as for me and my friends and my family. And um, I was just discussing with my friend um, regarding Trump that during his presidency, uh, because of his comments or, or says that he says, um, it has resulted in you know a little uprising of all these like racist people coming More out and feeling feeling like they're like protected by the president and stuff like that right yeah, and we and mentioned something related to that there's like that it has always been around here racism has always been around here but for a couple of years it was a little bit under the rug and now since trump came out it came out again yeah. like full blooded order again yeah, it's like, oh, we, we could do this, you know? And then if you go backtrack since his presidency and all that stuff that he says, you can see on, like, the news or, like, you know, criminals or, like, crimes that have happened regarding, like, you know, hate, hate crimes and stuff like that. And then, you know, we see, like, the guys that um, trapped that that uh, African-American and killed them in the street or whatever. You know, like, what the heck is that, you know? Yeah. Like, a bunch of stuff that we could go backtrack, and I'm, I'm assure you it would be down when his presidency was there or even till then, because even till then it's still resonating on the people that believe in him. And part of this episode, I'm always parallel brought into me a case about Anastasio. I don't know, have you ever heard about this case, Anastasio Hernandez Rojas? It's about an immigrant that got murdered by the Border Patrol in 2010. No, I did not hear about that. No, same, really? No, same, same here. See, I did not a know lot about of that. People, a lot of people that I have asked this question to, they all, literally 99.9%, they all tell me, no, I've never I've heard, heard of, of this case. And, and yeah. to be honest with you, this case has been in my mind for a long, long, long time. And I heard this case when I was back in Oklahoma. Um, this case was one of the recordings that I will never, ever want to hear again um, because of the the recording that I heard was more grinching than I've ever heard of any other recording. He, this man is pleading for his life, for his life, like in the middle of they were deporting him from. It was in uh, San Isidro. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll let, I'll let yeah. you tell so this him. This happened in San Isidro uh, and in, uh, in the border. And the border agents beat, taste. If this man was on my handcuff. He was on the ground already. He was controlled. And several, it wasn't like two or three agents. It was over 10 agents that just beat the crap out of him and literally murdered him. They resuscitated him right there. Then he went to the hospital and was declared dead. And since then, since then, it's been what over eleven years, and the family has still that any like the case hasn't been solved yet. The people that were responsible, he said, haven't been brought to justice. Justice. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much kind of not even a slap in the wrist of these uh, immigration officers. It was more like, oh, there's not enough evidence. And the funny thing is that there's plenty of evidence. Plenty of evidence. There's video evidence. There's physical evidence. There's there's so much witnesses. Evidence on it. And, uh, and but and what it reminded me when Perla mentioned it to me is like it reminded me of the George Floyd. It is. It's, yeah. it, I'm not saying George Floyd's case is, it's is recent, less. It's so less of what people think it's. Yes. But, uh, it, the I'm uprising not saying, that happened after George Floyd, what happened after George Floyd's like the protests and everything. I can't believe that this did not happen back then. Yes. With our people. Yes. But then again, it, look, it happened to children that, mm-hmm. it, you know, that are Hispanic and we still didn't do nothing about mm-hmm. it. 
We so. just kind of very, very small, minimal of our people, you know, did stand for uh, the incarceration of for, the kids. Uh-huh. There's still, there's still some media, and we try to do some coverage over TikToks or Instagram over social media, like, hey, let's unite, support each other. But I, we did not see as much physical or as much presence, human presence, towards the government as other communities have shown togetherness. Yeah. And that girl, like, I go back to that TikToker, it's mm-hmm. like people like that. It's like, instead of uniting, I feel like they are more making more separation between our own, between community. Our own community instead of, you know. Because if you have experienced any racism and the ones that you have experienced, because you mentioned about Trump, have you experienced any within your own community, with Hispanics? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm, uh, we, I was talking to Paralyze, like, uh, and that's partly where, like, uh, where we brought you in is, like, the music, music genre. I feel like I don't really connect so much with uh, Mexican regional music. Like, I'll listen to it, it's there, but it's not something that I'll go out and buy. Right. I feel more like a British invasion, or like, more rock and roll music, and she feels more of, like, her thing, it's bachata, salsa, more Central American music. Mm-hmm. She's Mexican, Honduran. Well, I like rock, too. Yeah. It's just that if you make me choose between Mexican music or Central American music, of course I'm going to choose the Central American Here's a tough question for you. The Smith in concert, Mark Anthony in concert. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's the time. But see, I'm a, and uh, we know you are a metal guy, and to me, the Hispanic community metals, uh, it's now more welcome. But but when I was grew up and when I started playing music, when, when we started, were growing up, yeah, when I started playing music and I started playing punk and metal and you know being heavy music, it was really by my parents. It's like, ¿Qué es ese pinche ruido que está haciendo? Es el diablo. Yeah, it's like the devil exactly. music, satanic. <laughs> so it's like culturally, it's not as open. So, how, have you experienced anything with your music or with you playing, being a metal player? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was one of them, actually. Um, I was growing up, as far as I can remember, I always loved music, which is Spanish or whatever. And, um, yeah, I was into, like, all the stuff that my family listened to, like, Bronco and, like, Ramon Ayala and all that stuff. And then, little by little, I started getting into, like, oldies or gangster stuff, you know, traditional culture, Latino yeah, stuff. same here. <laughs> and then, um... And then I'll, I'll be like, I'll agree with my with my family when we'll see like a, a Kurt Cobain Nirvana video. I didn't know who he was at the time, but he had his long hair with a red. I mean, he has long red hair. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'd be like, oh, este loco con like pelo pintado. Like, that's fucking crazy, you know? Or pinche foto. Yeah. And then later on, I become like a fucking metalero, rockero with long hair. I even dyed my hair red when I was in high school. <laughs> so I did like the whole circle, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, like, I totally understand it. And, um, and yeah, of course, if you don't like it at first, well, you can't do nothing about it. But, um, I don't know. I just, it's kind of weird how I just grew into it. But what helped me, I guess, would be would be the band Corn, because Corn has like the influence of rap, and I was really into like gangster rap or rap and all that stuff. And to hear that low end and that cool rhythm, you know, kind of hip hop is from Corn, mm-hmm. it kind of like hooked me in there. And then um, a little bit of the aggressive like vocals and like you could hear that you know it means something. And I don't know, that just kind of sold me. It and it was, I guess, perfect timing because I was like a teenager, so. I was going through some shit 
and um, and then from there, it just, it just everything's history. Like Nirvana, everything else came along. You know, heavier music or everything. But yeah, yeah. I would say Corn did it for me because of the traditional hip hop and you know influence. Yeah, I remember listening back in. I think I started getting into metal back in sophomore year by a couple of friends that introduced me to a couple few bands. Corn, uh, Marilyn Manson. I started listening to yeah. that type of music, and my parents were just like, "What's this music? This is the devil's music. This is like you can't." They wouldn't not allow me to have those CDs. Really? Yeah, yeah. same, same here. My grandma threw some of my some crazy metal shirts away. <laughs> like, like the writing the is like, ni se les entiende la letra. It's like nada. It's like they're all like the screaming. It's like you don't even know what they're saying. It's like how come you're into it? It's like oh, I understand that, get it. And I don't know. You feel like judged just because something you're listening to. It's like you feel that like you're not part of the culture. That's how I felt. Yeah, uh, similar to that. Like um, maybe that was kind of part of the reason that I kind of like stray away from my traditional stuff. Because, um, you know, when you're growing up and you're a teenager, you're going through things that, like, right. you know, purity, purity, of course, you know, todo eso es madre. You're trying Pero, to fit in. Yeah, you're trying exactly. to fit, You're then, trying to find where you could fit in or what you like, what, who's, like, you're trying to find yourself at that age. Yeah, exa exactly. And then um, the culture that I grew up with is, <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, understand me anymore mm -hmm. or because I'm different, you know, and yeah. everything that they believe or whatever is not what I believe. And um, when I heard corn, it felt good. It felt like I could be myself and it's okay. It's okay to, to be this way. And I don't know, I think kind of like the way that they kind of hate on it, it kind of like us as being young and teenagers and rebellious, we're like, you know what, well, I like it even more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No te gusta? Well, let, me, let me turn it up. <laughs> okay, let me ask a question. Um, have you, have, do you go to Mexico? Or have you been going to Mexico since you were a kid or... Uh, well, yeah, I used to go to Mexico every December with my family. It was super fun. Like, I loved it as a kid growing up because I could do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I get there. The first thing I'll get will be a fireworks and a freaking slingshot. I'll be like <laughs> Bart Simpson up in there. And um, so it was fun. But then, like, as I got older, I became a teenager. Like, uh, I became Americanized, I guess you could say. Got whitewashed. Like, the Tigres del Norte kind of song. Like, when they say, hey, let's go with Mexico, I was like, oh, hell no, no way. <laughs> you know, needless to say, that, that, that would happen to me. But, um, yeah, I was like, I kind of grew out of it, I guess. But at the same time, like, the last experience that I went to Mexico, uh, so I witnessed somebody get killed, too. So I guess that's kind of part of an excuse. But, yeah, I was just older. I was like, man, why am I going to come over here before I get killed or some shit? I'm like, and then also you have your friends here. Because it's different. Once you're older and you're over there, it's a different life. When you're right. a kid, pussy, it's different. Yeah, yeah you're right. going to mess around. Like, once you grow up, you just kind of go to visit family. But it's like, well, most of my family and friends are right here. The only thing that I got to visit over there is some deals here and there that I rarely or hardly ever talk to. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask another question. Do you, have you ever, or do you still get made fun of because we don't speak Spanish properly? Um, not really, porque pues yo hablo español bien chingón y este... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 okay all right, all right so in your household you grew up with spanish in your house and english yeah 
well, yeah, Spanish first, and then yeah, English uh, after. But yeah, like my cousins or like my new generation, like you know, my sister's younger siblings, like they, yeah, they're not as fluent as I am in, in Spanish. Pero también they didn't go to Mexico all the fucking time, and then not everybody in the house knew English, so yeah, it's, they, it's they, different they culture, school, and everything. So yeah, does like, your cousins yeah. they they are more like they speak Spanglish instead of Spanish? Yeah, more more yeah like and then like you know kind of like like no sabo kids and shit. Sorry yeah. cousins. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. It, it's it's true because I'm I'm one of the that's the way I grew up. I'm, I was the no sabo kid. Yeah, and you know as I grew older and I start well one because of the type of job that I had. Uh, previous to the job that I have right now, I had to learn how to speak more Spanish because I started translating and I started learning new words. So my Spanish started getting better and better. And my Spanish is way better now than how it was years and years ago. Yeah, and mine's getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad part. It's like I, I started without English and now it's like I don't even know English that well yet and i'm already forgetting my original language <laughs> yeah no, but, that's uh but that's I, i got i've i've gotten made fun of 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 my spanish and it sucks because i feel more like when i meet another person that is chicano or speaks spanglish um i relate with them uh because we kind of find each other you know what i mean it's like we are made inside jokes yeah we get inside jokes about that you know it's like they made fun of us but we can make fun of them too because they're trying to speak in you get yeah. what i'm saying it's like yeah it goes likewise it goes it goes both ways i guess yeah you're in the middle and um no i totally understand and uh, a funny thing that kind of happened when um when i moved to corona from uh, anaheim like it was a different culture change with the neighborhood where we lived in it was more of a you know more american uh, yeah. and like white is what you may say yeah and, no it uh, is yeah. it is because i moved i moved there um what well, back in 1994 um mm -hmm. i don't know it was around the in the 90s that you guys moved Um, but I started living in Corona in back in the early mid nineties. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was pretty much a lot of, a lot of white folks of at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, when I came over here, it, it kind of gave me like, that's where I kind of got it more into rock music and everything because of that. And it was funny because I'll go visit my old friends and I'll have like, hey, what's up? And then I'll be kind of growing on my hair like, damn fool, you look all fucking whitewashed. Cut your hair or this and that. And I'm like, damn, these guys, you know? And then I kick it with my friends here in Corona. They're like, damn fool, you're, you're pricey as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't uh, please anybody. But I thought that was like hilarious. But you know what I mean? You are what you are, you know? I'm in the middle. I'm, you know, <laughs> I am who I am. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry, but it's like screw you. I'm the one paying for my haircuts. Yeah. Okay, can we ask? Um, can you tell us one of story of you being discriminated? Is there a story that you could tell us about racism? What, like, well, racism. What? And I don't know if this is gonna be the first one, but when did you notice that? Like, when did you realize, like, hey, wait a minute? Because I know, like, you just mentioned, like, right now, your friends, you're Hispanic, you're white, or you're white. But when did, it, did you ever realize it or came aware of like? I am Mexican. I'm not like them. 
Um, well, yeah, probably since the beginning, so I'm all like, you know, brown as fuck. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I used to work with my grandpa in uh, construction growing up, mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing much because I was a little kid, but I'll be helping them, be like, oh, you know, levanta los botes and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, there's like a couple of times, well, a lot of times actually in that, you know, in that field. Um, but well, I guess one that would be ideal would be, um, I don't know there's like a lot of them that I can't just pop them off my head, but like there's like a like this one that was well my grandpa was gonna go buy a truck at the dealership and he was trying to get like a nice you know more modern kind of kind of minivan or something like that and then we get there and then the there's like a white um, dealer dude mm-hmm. and uh, he comes up to us like oh I got the perfect truck for you guys. And he showed up like a freaking, like a, like super, super paisa-ish truck. You know what I mean? No, it was like brown. It had a camper. Like, yeah, paisa as fuck. And then uh, and they're like, oh, here, this is and that. And my grandpa's like, no, I don't want that shit. It's whack, you know? <laughs> and then, and then uh, and the guy's all like trying to like tell my grandpa, like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with it. Like, it works fine. Isn't that? I don't know why he doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like uh, making him feel stupid for not buying it yes and we're like bro like that's so fucking racist like you coming over here and giving us like the the raunchiest fucking truck you got him in here you know like, this is what you so, need this is what it's for you it's like what do you mean what, yeah, well, yeah. how do you know what's kind of telling you it's it fits you it fits you yeah, uh-huh, it fits uh-huh. you and then uh he would be telling like the his coworkers like I don't get it what the fuck you know I'm mean, like bro that shit's ugly as hell like hell no you know and uh, so yeah stuff like that there's other stuff that's like worse than that like as far as you know who hasn't been told oh go back to where you came from oh, yeah. or you damn beaner or whatever stuff like that and then you know even you know everywhere I was like but I come from LA man but, yeah. This- <laughs> And then that's the reason I I feel that way against Trump because a lot of people say, oh, he's not racist and that when they said about the not all Mexicans bring their best. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I I like the old days that we could take them out in stretchers. Yeah, that's not racist. Yeah, Hmm. yeah, like, what the fuck? And then besides that, like, what about, I don't know about you guys, but like, talking to other people or, or bumping into them that are Trump supporters, they'll bring that up. Like, oh, you guys just bring this and that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are saying, oh, Trump is smart. He did this and that. I was like, hey, you know what? He might be smart, but, you know, he's a fucking asshole and disrespectful motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, all right, at your job, you like your job? All right, cool. Will you be, will you still stay at your job if your asshole harasses you every day and, like, and disrespects you? I don't think so, right? No. You know, bosses, bosses, bosses uh, will get fired. Athletes get fined for saying shit that this fool says, and then for letting it slide without any repercussions. For me, that's just just like, like you know, it's kind of failing us, you know. Yeah, it contradicts. Of, it contradicts our our this country. Yeah, of this country yeah, exactly. of, of what we're all get punished for, but he doesn't get punished for it. So that yeah, contradicts we're, we're that. All, and we're all being snowflakes and shit like that or whatever. But then when Biden went, then they're all the ones bitching and complaining, but they're saying they're not snowflakes. That's kind of like, all right, bitch. <laughs> you know what the fuck, you know? Right. So uh, I have a big problem with that. And a lot of people feel that, that it's like nothing, como si nada. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, bro. Back, you know what I mean? How they say back in my day, you say that shit, you get your ass smacked, you know? Uh-huh. And, and that's how it should be. It's like, bro, it's like, 
as the years go by and generations come through like, like what what is going on like we're losing respect for everybody else like you know we have to you know there's there's a fucking thin line you gotta respect each other and not, exactly like nobody values that nowadays it feels that way sometimes you know yep i feel you they have like some sort of entitlement yeah yeah like yeah it's like and if you get upset i'm like hey what the fuck is like oh you're a snowflake i was like all right si te la regreso para ti you know that you ain't gonna fucking like and be like oh yeah you're a violent mexican you know what the fuck nah yeah so yeah so for me it's just like i stick to to my gut and what i feel i'm open-minded to hear everybody else but you know i mean it ain't with respect fake uh, yeah, it, 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 all the stuff about the the racism and all that shit—it ain't fake. It's real. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see it or feel it, it's because you're probably light skinned or or American, you know. But mm-hmm. if you have the the darker side, you're gonna get judged and and, yeah. and you know. Yeah, I agree. And, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for being here. Um, we also want to talk to you about while we work together. Um, uh, you helped us with our introduction song so we had a blast working with you uh thank you for doing that thank you for working with us with that and it was amazing yes oh you're welcome um i'm glad you guys uh um came out to me for that it's uh, yeah it was awesome i love uh, working on projects especially since you guys had like a cool idea kind of like the dark and stuff like that i'm all about darkness so you guys are really great you guys are uh cool cool ass people so it was uh it was a privilege to help you guys mm-hmm. thank you thank you so with that said i'm uh, any shows anything coming up for holy wretched anything on the schedule what's going on uh as of right now we don't have anything solid but um yeah we have uh, a new album that we're working on so we're gonna be working on that but um yeah we're trying to get some more gigs but ahorita con the whole covid scare because everything is rising up we kind of want to just like wait a little bit do you want to give out that. your instagram and your so social. yeah and your spotify for mm-hmm. people to your social security yeah it's even real if you like uh brutal extreme music and of course dark well check us out holy wretched from corona california all our music is available on all major online stores we're available on youtube spotify and <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> it was I about to say something. <laughs> Backdoor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I gotta you can download everything so from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, estamos en todos los So look us up, Holy Wretched, Holy like the Holy Bible, and then Wretched like your wretched life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Check us out. Thank you for um, for the shout out. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. And um, uh, we'll keep talking to you around. And you know, thanks for being yeah, around ho- here. And hopefully, in the future, we'll have you back. But now, this Live. time, yes, now right here, drinking with us um, next time. But we'll plan that later. This was more like a last minute thing. So, and then due to COVID, we had to be away. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all being respectful here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, next but, uh, time, hopefully, you know, you could come in bo- on board with us here in. And drink a little bit with us and be in the studio with us. <laughs> Hell yeah, that'd be awesome. Heck yeah. And I just want to say one more thing. Viva la raza! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
See you around, man. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Back to Anastasio's case. Um, uh-huh. Do you want to start with our notes? That so, we yeah, have? like we talked with uh, Guillermo in the interview, this podcast is mainly to bring awareness to the injustice that happened with Anastasio. Yeah. So we're going to actually now go through the case actually more thoroughly and just give you a few of the highlights of what has happened since then. And then after that, I'm going to play the audio. That's when Perla's going to step out. I'm going to let her know. Yeah, because I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I so, can't. Now, let me start to give you a couple of the information. Anastasio has been here since he was 15 years old, and he stayed here for the remainder of his 20 next seven, seven years. years. 27, mm-hmm. so he was around what? 42, Two? I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can do math. <laughs> <laughs> I can do math sometimes. So 42. Um, apparently, he was deported. The reason he was deported because he, he was caught shoplifting. Um, then when he tried to come back to the United States, that's where he was caught. Mm-hmm. And that's when the incident happened. He came tried to come back back in Maine and that's when he was caught then uh, apparently uh, what's this the uh, this is the amount of people that were involved with having him send it back out yes at least 17 federal officers uh, a combination of border patrol agents CBP f- uh, field officers and ice officers were involved in the killing of Anastasio Hernandez Rojas. Um, That's uh, a lot of people, 17 people. (laughs) That is for one man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One man, 17 officers. And, you know, we all now know that, you know, I mean, we have been knowing this Mm -hmm. has been happening for a long time, but not a lot of people were aware of it. Of that, it takes fucking 10 million of officers, police officers, border patrol officers, etc., that have authority uh, for one person. Um, and unfortunately, this man got 17 officers. <laughs> okay, so um, after that, three years later, after this incident happened, a uh, judge lifted because this officer, the 17 officers, their names weren't disclosed right after the case right after you have it right after the incident so three years three years later an officer uh federal judge from san diego lifted the protection that kept their name secret and after that um, uh, we have managed to find a couple of the names which we will disclose right now mm-hmm. um the first one that i have in the list is jerry Val- jerry vales uh, customs and border protection officer then it's a um, uh, kurt swar customs and border patrol protection officer uh alan Botwell? Botwell, yeah. Okay. Ramon de Jesus. <laughs> wow, that even hurts. To even <laughs> no, that's hear a protection. A that's Hispanic. a custom and border protection supervisor. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, what it was four uh four officers that had the supervisor uh title that were involved in the killing of Anastasio. Mm-hmm. And I guess Ramon de Jesus <laughs> De su pinche reputa madre. De su pinche puta madre. I'm sorry, but I'm a cuss as a, they deserve to be cussed, especially that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, well, all of them. But, anyways, um, and then what, Guillermo Avila? Hey, Ooh, tocayo de Guillermo. Dang, wow. Guillermo. We need to go beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ishmael thing. And he was a supervisor. Oh, my lordy uh, lord. Uh, Derek Lewillin, uh Border Patrol agent, undercover agent. There was another cover agent. Wow. Apparently. So they're not disclosing his name. 
That's another. I'm uh, and Philip. I'm not gonna say this last name. Crazy Wallace. Yeah, sounds very racist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Andre Pellegrino, hijo de Pellegrino. su pinche pen. Pellegrina. Wow. Okay. So that's just a few of the names of the agents that I'm having disclosed. What that we have here from this um, from the Alliance website. Uh, then that's, that was in 2013 and 2015 the Department of Justice declined to bring charges to them so to all these motherfuckers yeah yeah they were like no we cannot cr bring criminal charges to them I don't know why there was not enough evidence I don't know what you know why thing. you know why because this case is not being talked about on social media mm -mm. this case is not being, being out swept there under the rug. yeah it's just being swept under the rug they don't care it could have been a hundred fucking officers mm -hmm. and they would have been like oh pfft Let's Even look less. the other way. No one knows. They're not really talking about it on social media. Mm -hmm. We don't care. It's just another immigrant. Mm -hmm. He deserved it because he came into this country illegally, even though we stole their fucking land. But anywho, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then in 2017, the lawsuit would settle with Anastasia's family, uh, even though that unfortunately they had to settle. But fortunately, the IACHR foundation has continued the pursuit for justice to bring to bring justice to Anastasia's family which um to today hasn't happened yeah no and we are what 2022 22 it's gonna be 12 years this year yep and those kids had to grow up with their dad and five kids he had five kids yeah those kids five kids it don't matter how many kids he had this man this family these kids did not have a father. A mom didn't have... A husband. Yeah, husband. His mom lost his child. That is him, even though he was 40-something. But you know how us Hispanic, yeah. we, we don't matter how old your kid is. Could be 50 years old and you still have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ma. ¿Puedo salir? <laughs> no, ponte <put> suéter. <laughs> The Sereno's gonna get ya. Alright, so are you well, gonna I'm gonna play the audio now, so get the out of here. Alright. So uh, All right, she's out of here and going drink and gonna go have a smoke. Just kidding. I don't break. even smoke. <laughs> no. <laughs> but so um we'll be playing the audio and I'll let Perla know when she can come back. And then for anybody that's a little bit sensitive of heart. This one's a hard one, so this you know I'll let you know where to skip it to in a couple of seconds. So here he goes. Subject, 42-year-old Anastasio Hernandez Rojas lived long enough for his family to see that he'd been beaten and bruised. By the time he died, his family believed 
He had been killed by U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents in an excessive use of force. They didn't stop to think about the fact that he had a family, that he was leaving five kids and a wife. The San Diego medical examiner ruled the death a homicide, listing the cause of death as a heart attack due to the altercation with law enforcement. But the coroner also found methamphetamines in his blood, which raised the question, had methamphetamines somehow contributed to the violence? Whatever happened, the story lasted just a few days and mostly receded from public view. Until now. What U.S. border agents did not realize is that eyewitness videos of the incident caught the sounds of Hernandez Rojas screaming and pleading for his life. And now, a never-before-seen eyewitness video of the incident raises new, disturbing questions. The dark video reveals more than a dozen U.S. border agents standing over Hernandez Rojas. It shows the firing of the taser. Was Hernandez Rojas, as the police statement suggests, combative when he was killed? Or was he on the ground and handcuffed? And that was the audio recording. First one was the audio recording from a person in top of the bridge. You can see, uh, well, we'll post all of these, um, uh, the links for this in our channel and the second recording was a report from another website and youtube and we will suppose but yeah um that said and with that being heard thanks everybody yeah thank you and if you could you know just share it word of mouth or just you know get on one of these links that we got this information from um Share it, share with family, friends, Um, make noise, pretty much make it known that because this case is still still ongoing right now. It's going to be 12 years now. And yeah, in May, it was going to be 12 years. There's not justice still. Yeah, it's still not justice. And I don't know, this case has always been in my mind since Mm -hmm. then. And yeah, so I just wanted to talk about it. We'll make some noise too. We'll we'll, we'll keep sharing it on Instagram and we'll share a lot and. We'll keep you posted on our views on it and what has happened, and we'll keep you an update. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Good night. All right. Good night, and thank you for listening, guys. <laughs> we're back. And yeah, and we're back. And sorry again. <laughs> Bye.